Well, I had an epiphany as I was preparing this sermon that I probably should have preached this one first in our series. And yet, here we are in the middle of the series, and I'm just now figuring that out. Um, at any rate, you know, when you start talking about what you should seek first and do first, that would normally be a good place to start, but alas, I did not. So here we are, and we'll try and make it fit. I think it, I think it does. Um, but uh, in this passage, we have what I kind of consider to be the Bob Marley text. This is the don't worry, be happy text. And Jesus starts out by saying, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll wear. Don't worry about these things. And he's calling us to consider how we think about our basic human needs. Jesus is saying, don't worry about your food. Don't worry about your clothing. God will take care of you. But seriously, we're not supposed to worry about food or clothing? That doesn't make sense. I mean, if we go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs... Uh, how many, how many, are y'all familiar with this? Yeah, somewhat? Yeah, it's a pretty standard thing these days. But if you look at it, you've kind of got the physiological needs, the safety and security, the love and belonging uh, after that, self-esteem and then self-actualization at the top. At the base, what holds up the rest of that are things like food and clothing. And Jesus is saying that we shouldn't worry about these things. This doesn't make sense. So Jesus starts out this passage by saying, don't worry about food and clothing. And then he provides us with two examples from nature. The birds and the lilies. The birds and the lilies. And it says in this passage, Jesus goes on to say, don't worry about what you'll eat. Think about the birds of the air. They don't uh, sow crops. They don't then go harvest them and then store it in barns. The birds don't worry about those things. They just eat and God provides for them. So be like the birds. Don't you think that if God provides for the birds that God will also provide for you? Are you not much more valuable than the birds? And he goes on to say, what about the lilies of the field? We worry so much about clothing in our lives, but not even Solomon. Solomon was this great king of Israel, the wealthiest, the most powerful, the, the point at which Israel was at its highest point. But not even Solomon was clothed in as much splendor as the lilies of the field. Will, not, will God not much more clothe you? God will take care of you with regard to food and clothing. Will not God, will God not much more clothe you? But then Jesus adds this little zinger on the end of that. You of little faith, he says. Ow, that kind of stings. I mean, we're being told by Jesus to not think about and worry about our basic human needs. And if we do then we have little faith? That doesn't seem quite fair. 
And then right after that, Jesus then sets up a dichotomy between the world's values and God's values. Jesus says, think about the Gentiles, the pagans. The word there is actually ethne, which just means all the other people besides you. You being the people of Israel. The world chases after these things and values and worries about food and clothing. But you should strive first for the kingdom of God. Then all these things will fall into place. You may have noticed in the scripture reading, I think Dave was reading from the NIV, which is fine. Uh, is pretty close translation, but every translation that I came across translates the, the word strive or seek just a little bit differently. The word there in Greek is zeteo, zeteo, which means to seek for or to strive after, or my favorite one was crave. What do you seek for? What do you strive after? What do you crave? Is it what the world wants you to seek for, strive after, and crave? Or is it what God wants you to seek for, strive after, and crave? I I don't think Jesus was saying that food and clothing are unimportant. That we literally should not care at all. But... Jesus is asking us to think about and consider how much time we actually spend thinking about these two simple things, food and clothing, and compare them to the amount of time we spend thinking, meditating, seeking after, striving after, craving God's kingdom and God's ways and God's desires. I mean, we have to eat every like four to five hours. Or if you're like my kids, like every two. We're always thinking about what we're going to eat. Well, what are your dinner plans? What are your lunch plans? What should I eat for breakfast? I got to go to the grocery store. Our whole lives kind of revolve around what we're going to eat next. And Jesus is saying that seeking after the kingdom of God should take that same level, if not a greater level in our lives. Our lives should be revolving around the values of God. We should be planning and thinking about our lives in terms of the ways that God shapes it. Or clothing. Man, that's a bad one for me. I, I like getting a new shirt or a new pair of pants like all the time. And it's always great for a while. And then, you know... They say you're supposed to like keep your clothes in the back of the closet that you don't wear very much and you go back and you look at that section and it's like, oh man, I haven't worn that in a long time and there's a reason for it. Like what was I thinking when I bought that shirt, you know? I had this one shirt that Mallory hated. It was a, a Hawaiian shirt that was blue and had big giant like flowers on it and she hated that shirt but I kept it forever because I bought it for 50 cents at Old Navy. But then eventually it started moving its way back in the closet and I kept wearing it less and less until finally she was like, you've got to get rid of that shirt. 
But man, like, we think about the way we look, or at least I do, a lot. I think about, am I in fashion, you know? Am I looking cool? I do, I'm sorry, I do. I confess. But Jesus is saying, as much time as you spend thinking about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear, how does that compare to how much time you're spending thinking about the values of God and ordering your life so that God's priorities are your priorities? So the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about pumpkins. We, we spent the first week... Um, hearing about uh, Mr. Pumpkin who thought he could become more of a pumpkin by adding all the things around. He put sunglasses on and cowboy hat on and uh, construction helmet on and added all these things to try and make him feel more like a pumpkin. But alas, he realized that he was a pumpkin without all those things, without all the extra stuff. Last week, we talked about generosity and how We need to let God scoop us out from the inside out so that we can pour ourselves out in service and love to others. In giving, we are able to then plant seeds of love that multiply and grow. That we need God to get rid of all the junk and the messiness and turn that, transform it into love and service for others. So now we're at a point where we need to start talking about how we're going to carve this pumpkin right? And so what are, what are some of the tools that you need for pumpkin carving? What are some of the things that you need? Just shout it out. What do you need? You need a knife. Yeah. What else? You need a marker. Yeah. A marker would help. Yeah. You need a scoop, right? Yeah. I had the janky spoon last week that didn't work so well. What else? What else do you need? An idea, right? And then beyond that, what do you got to have? A tra- yeah, trash can, yeah. Well, 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 I heard something over here. A plan, yeah. So not just an idea of what you want to do, but a plan, a blueprint, right? What else do you need? A candle, right? Yeah, for the end product. Anything else? A pencil or marker, yeah. All right. Y'all are forgetting one main thing. The pumpkin. the first thing you need to carve a pumpkin is a pumpkin, right? If you don't have a pumpkin, you can get all that other stuff and it's pointless. You could have the knife and the plan and the idea and you can have all those other things, but unless you have the pumpkin, they are useless to you. Unless we are first living into God's vision for earth, all of the other stuff, all of the other living that we do is ultimately pointless. Unless we have the pumpkin. Ecclesiastes is a book in the Bible. Um, I would not recommend reading it if you're depressed. Um, It'll just make you more depressed. Um, But if you want a good dose of reality, that might be helpful for you. Ecclesiastes starts by saying, meaningless, meaningless, 
Everything is meaningless. Life is but a chasing after the wind. And I think there is something to be said for that. That unless we have the priorities of a Jesus follower, unless we have God first and foremost in our life, unless we are striving after, seeking for, craving the kingdom of God first, I think we will ultimately find life as less than full of meaning. Meaning less. And I think what Jesus is actually saying here is that is not is not just, hey, you guys should seek first the kingdom. But what Jesus is saying in talking about this dichotomy between the world and us and the Gentiles or whatever, well, I mean, we're Gentiles, but the world and us is that in actuality, what you seek, you will find. When you're playing the hide-and-seek game, if you are seeking after the person, eventually you're going to find them, hopefully. Zeteo. What are you seeking? What are your desires? Are they for things? Are they for more recognition? Are they what what is it that you're seeking? Because whatever it is you're seeking, you're probably going to find it. Or what are you striving for? I think that word connotes even more of like a, what are you trying to accomplish in your life? What is it that you're trying to get to? That to me tells me you're setting goals, you're, you're making lists, you're, you're trying to get stuff done. You're striving after it. We're all striving for something. At least I think we are. What are you striving after? Because whatever it is that you're setting goals toward and making your lists for, you'll probably hit those things. So what are you striving after? Are you striving after the pumpkin? Or are you trying to get all this other stuff done first? What are you craving? Chocolate chip cookies for me. <laughs> I could always use a good chocolate chip cookie. What are you craving? What appetites do you have? Because if you're craving something more than likely you're going to go out and fill that craving. So Jesus is asking us, what are we craving? Are we craving the things of God? Are we craving the values of God or not? I, I want to read to you this same text, or uh, the, towards the end of this text, from the message. 
The message is kind of a paraphrase uh, translation, but I really like some of the things that um, uh, the author says in here. So let me just read this for you. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen or you don't pay attention to, don't you think God will attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? I love this line. What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Just leave it on that last one, Pam, for me, please. Oh, sorry, go back a little bit. There, right there. Our focus needs to change from getting to giving, to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. I love that. Okay, you can go on now. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, worry about these things, strive after, seek for, crave these things. But you know both God and how God works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. My, lo- my mom loves to drink hot tea. And whenever I hear this word steep, I think of, of that. When you've got to put the tea bag in the hot water and let it just sit for a while. And it turns that water into something wholly different. It infuses it with flavor and caffeine. <laughs> Sometimes. With goodness. We need God to infuse us with God's flavor. We need to be steeped in God's vision for humanity. We need to be steeped in God's love. And don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Your entire attention. In order to carve a pumpkin, you need a pumpkin. You've got to keep first things first. And I think more often than not, the spiritual life has more to do with paying attention, with giving God our attention, and being attentive to what God wants more than anything else. Imagine what could happen if we gave our entire attention to what God is doing. Imagine what could happen if we craved God's vision. Imagine what could happen if we were all striving after, working toward, fulfilling that vision. Our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world would become a reality this world would be different if we were all striving after the kingdom of God. 
name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.